Why, hello there, buddy, pal, friend. Welcome to another Teesside. I mean, the first proper one, really, because obviously the last one was sort of a tribute to CSGO. Uh, joining me to discuss the talk of the town, uh, as it were, are the guys who put Hero in Heroic. It is, of course, Mr. Hawker and Sayumi. Uh, it would be amiss, I think, guys, if we didn't start with uh, the latest drama straight out of our good friends who always seem to be producing a nice dollop of drama, it has to be said, uh, at Heroic. Uh, and just a very quick recap for anyone living under a fucking rock. Basically, uh, as everyone knows, Cadian left slash, as it turns out, was kicked from Heroic. Reason being, because his buddies wanted him gone, didn't they? Uh, I did, by the way, read a funny tweet before I finish the recap from... Uh, oh, who was it? I can't remember. But it just said, that's not the first long-term relationship Stone has ruined. Which I thought was yeah. pretty good. Pretty good. Bit of a banger. Uh, but yeah, so basically they uh, said, it's either Cadian or us. So they said, uh, well, I guess, you know, Cadian's pretty good, pretty valuable. But, you know, the rest of the whole team. So I guess it is you guys. And then hee hee ha ha, we're going to do the classic, the Danish classic. And uh, try and draw an Astralis instead. So... We haven't yet seen what their side of the story is. All I think Stalin uh, tweeted like, don't believe, the equivalent of like, don't believe everything you hear or something, but didn't actually give any counter whatsoever. So I'm guessing they probably don't look particularly great. And I would also leverage on the, in the same direction on the base of that, which is Heroic probably wouldn't have put out such a bold statement if they could have easily been like clapped back immediately. So it's not looking too hot for our little... Uh, friends here guys uh very simple and i'll start with you uh yumi what do you what do you make of this whole situation by the way i love how whenever shit like this happens it's always just astralis in the middle of it and fucking what's his face is always immediately on twitter keyboard worrying defending like everything what he has he personally hasn't actually been directly accused of anything particularly like obviously by extension or association but He's pretty quick to it, isn't he? What do, what do you think, Yumi? What did you make of this one? Well, I, I think the first reaction I had was, okay, so it's sabotage then. Like, we're, we're just going with full-on, like, rival sabotage from Astralis again, almost. Like, we had the, the Hunden thing with, you know, him supposedly leaking anti-strat material to, to Astralis, which apparently wasn't even solicited out of him. He just offered it up, which you don't know... What, what actually came of that you know there was it's a like a, an indian dowry you know it's just a gift to start yeah, a relationship just in goodwill and exactly. definitely against the goodwill of heroic so and now we have a like two players that are allegedly in talks with astralis 10 months before their contracts expire which you know if you're heroic of course you don't play these guys like if if they are it, uh, already shipping themselves off to your rival within De uh, denmark then you have no you have basically no guarantee that these guys are going to play their hardest or can maintain their competitive integrity for you as an organization because they may have already sort of soft signed contracts outside of your organization. So, yeah, I mean, the whole situation just seems a little bit like it's very, very messy. And there are other moves that are happening in the circuit as well, all amongst this, like, this is just drama. But then there's other stuff that's happening in the Counter-Strike world. After after one tournament, you know, we've had, we had IEM Sydney and that's it. And this is all happening at the same time. 
as uh, as I hope you don't mind me saying before the show, Yumi, this is why we can never have another major or a major in Sydney. You know, it just causes so many problems. Clearly, that's definitely the reason. Uh, anyway, uh, Hawker, what did you what did you make of this situation? I would just say, by the way, for all the you know nephews on Twitter or, or whatever, are just like, well, just sue him if it's true. Just sue them if it's true. It's like. Never really works out in esports, though, does it? I mean, no one ever gets you know, in different jurisdictions. Like, are you really going to have a two-year court process over, you know, children's video games? Probably not, I'd imagine. So, but what's your take on this this whole thing, Hawker? Yeah, this this almost like fully reads like people, people like you know people who are just almost too conflict averse. And then like if if Stalin and Yabby just wanted to leave. Okay, just leave. Like, don't don't do this weird thing where you're like, oh, I sort of, I guess, want Cadian to leave. Oh, but now I guess I'm actually gonna leave myself. It's like, it almost reads to me like maybe they they wanted Cadian gone for a while, but they didn't know what they were doing. It's like it's just a weird situation. And like you said, like Heroic have come out with this statement that I think makes them look kind of bad, if anything. Like the fact that they kick Cadian without having these oh, contracts yeah. locked in for the other players. That makes me feel like, why would they come out and say that unless it's true? Well, what is the benefit for them other than, I guess, at least communicating what's happened? But it still doesn't look good for Heroic, does it? Like, if, if you kick Cadian out for this reason, you've got to have the rest of the team locked in. And clearly they didn't. And I, I don't even think Astralis have done, like, I, I don't really care that they're approaching players before the contracts are over. I think it's I think it's fine to do that. I actually think it's good that CS has that ability where players were smarter maybe they could uh, use this to their advantage a little bit more but yeah listen it's uh it's a, a weird scenario that's for sure i just i don't know you just don't expect it out of these players either like they always felt like pretty quiet like not Stan, really drama drama stirrers you know, maybe a little yeah bit. well maybe listen little yeah but he keeps the drama quiet that's what he tries to do anyway boys got riz not just for girls but for astralis <laughs> as well but no i do find it really odd that like i, I think what happened is if you remember when obviously they announced that Cadian was out, they got a lot of backlash for that just in general. Yeah. And I think they probably didn't really think it through. And they're like, when they put out this thing, like, see, see, that's why we did it, guys. See, isn't that understandable? Like, it was the whole mm. team or Cadian, see? And as you say, it's like, uh, okay, but how about you're like, well, no problem. If you're making us choose you, then we're choosing you. So sign an extension. The other thing I find that's really weird about this is the timeline. If their contracts expired like next month, then it would be, you know, a, a, a almost savvy play, right? It's like, well, we'll get them to kick Cadian, then we're fucking off anyway. And, you know, no one, there's not enough time to do anything about it. But 10 months, it's like, what are you doing, guys? Like, you can't be like, haha, it was me all along, Brutus. It's like, yeah, and you're living in my house for another 10 months, dude. Like, save that one for when you're leaving the door with your little polka dot stick on your back. Like, that's pretty bizarre to me like how this is all playing out but yeah i mean i i think that basically what's gonna happen is what always happens which is it drags out for a bit people get a bit angry then people kind of forget about it and then they do just eventually slink off and do exactly what it looks like they're gonna do uh obviously heroic did say in the statement like our goal is that they both play like in the team and as yumi said like how like how do you do this i think the only play you can do is like kind of soft threaten that you might actually sue even though you clearly won't and be like look buy them then buy them from us they've got 10 months left pay a buyout give us something that we can do to you know re rebuild the team or whatever probably bring Cadian back uh and yeah just just try and sell try and monetize this thing because then 
it doesn't make things better, but it does kind of like clean it up a little bit, you know, for like both teams where it's like, okay, well, ultimately they wanted to leave. They did pay for their services. So I think that is the resolution that I, I sort of see. But yeah, very bad for Heroic as a look, very bad for the players, obviously, as a look, just sort of brain yeah. dead on, on both sides. But I do think this is one of these things where maybe this is a bit harsh, but I feel like a lot of Heroic's relevancy was I don't want to call it luck, but that when that roster like ascended to the top, that wasn't something that was really predicted at all. And I don't feel it's like a situation where it's like, okay, we can rebuild or like we're NIP in 2013 or Fnatic in 2015. It's like we have so much clout and gravity that people will just come to us. It's like you're you were all the players were always bigger than the org. That's a problem. Yeah, sorry, go on, Yumi. Yeah. The only the only way that they make that work is if they had kept Cadian, right? Like that's that was really the yeah. that's what feels the the most slighted about this this whole interaction is that if if Stown and Yami did leave and they were bought by Astralis or they were benched for ten months or whatever, that would make more sense to me in terms of like rebuilding heroic than the other way around. So the fact that they outed them or they they hold Cadian out and then decided that they were gonna oh by the way we plan to sign with Astralis that that to me just seems like either very poorly planned by both these like young players on this heroic roster or very intentional you know it, it's it's one or the other for me like it's either unprofessionalism or it's intentional and it just it just reeks of like unless we get a full dialogue open about who approached who because if the players approach Astralis that's a whole different interaction hmm. and that would show intent or what or what have you um, but if if Astralis do it the other way around, like why are we why are we approaching your rivals and and having them still have these long drawn out conversations with you while they're still your competitors like that? Like I I know you said you're fine with that happening in the space, Holka, but I personally am not. Like I don't want teams having underhand table deals with other teams while they're still competing against them. It just it boggles it boggles my mind to the competitive integrity. Like it will just break competitive integrity for me. If I just think that everybody's got like some hidden deal in the closet. Basically. Well, the thing is, I guess as well is like, I'm going to assume that heroic, I mean, they kind of implied it in the statement, but not really, which again makes it a little bit sussy to me, but they must've had like verbals from these guys. They said like, all oh, the players said they would extend. That's not verbal because the contract that's put in front of you could read anything, right? If it says you have to give me a million pineapples a week, like, that the verbal you had a week before is completely irrelevant. It doesn't constitute an LOI or anything. So I guess that they might have thought they had a verbal when they really didn't. But this is the thing I don't get. Like as and as a former like org owner, like I don't understand that when something comes to you, which is like you know a fire drill, basically like oh shit, these players are saying this, and now I have to make a big. You're always looking to extract the most value from the situation as humanly possible and to hedge your bets. Like, I can't ever imagine putting myself in a position where like, oh shit, well, okay, I'm going to cut off the leg that's Cadian and then I get to keep everything else, but then not be absolutely like crystal clear to me in my head that I am going to get that end result. And as I said, the waffly way they worded like, well, they said they'd extend. That to me might have just been a phone conversation where they're like, yeah, get rid of Cadian first and yeah, yeah, we'll talk. Like, it could be anything, you know, we don't know. So very weird one. Uh, no one comes out of, out of it particularly well, I'd imagine. But uh, yeah, it, pff, a classic. And I, I love, by the way, that this is happening already in CS2 and we only have one fucking tournament, haven't we? So brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and neither team heavily a... featured in that tournament. They haven't even fucking played these teams, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they've not even played. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. They might all be rubbish, by a... the way. They might actually be Who terrible. Knows? They might actually be terrible. True. I will say on Cadian, um, 
in the past he was like very he had that reputation for being like a bit hard to work with like people would say he's toxic he never worked in the danish scene really so like i think it's almost people have maybe forgotten about that because he's been on heroic for quite a while but i'm like really interested now to see okay if he does go to another team does that crop its head up again was this heroic team just like a good fit where they were you know able to deal with whatever those those issues were or are we going to get toxic Cadian back again? Almost, almost too inexperienced and unproven to really fight back if he actually was yeah, toxic, low key. right? Yeah, yeah. It's so, so on. It is so unfair though, because again, it's CS two, so it could have been just like he might be sat there. It's going disastrously, and he's like, "Fuck, man, it's the game. It's not me." Uh, speaking of which, let's move on to what was the first event of CS two, which was of course IEM Sydney. Um, Mr. Hawker is actually residing in Sydney right now in a place called Happy Days. And uh, Happy Days it was not in IAM Sydney until the final, I would say, in terms of quality of what we got to see. But that final was a bit of a banger, wasn't it? Very simple, guys. And I'm going to start with you, Hawker. I want you to give me one positive, yes, one positive and one negative that came out of IAM Sydney about the future of CS2. A positive and a negative. Okay. I think the the positive is that like the game feels a lot more dynamic. I think in the past, if a smoke was up, Loki in the back of my head, I'm sitting there thinking I probably could just not watch for 30 seconds if the T's are just sitting behind a smoke, and I could like not really miss anything. But it's it's fun seeing the the smokes get wiped. Mm. I think it's uh, it's still early enough where I don't know how it's going to pan out long term. But for now, it's it's really fun and engaging to see how teams are using that. And I actually feel like the teams that tried to use it the most, kind of like teams like Complexity, actually overperformed. So I'm hoping that that mechanic is going to settle in a good place. It, it seems fun right now. But yeah, got to wait to see exactly how it looks long term once the meta gets settled. Uh, the negative, I mean, I guess it's... It's probably just that it feels like there's only one style of play that you can really run right now. And it's this like fast, aggressive, grouped up style. And I really love that CS had loads of different styles of play. And it kind of feels like in this game right now, you just kind of want a death ball. You want to go aggressive. Peaker's advantage is big. So that's probably the negative. I think the styles of play was a huge thing in Counter-Strike. And I want to make sure we don't lose that. Hmm. By the way, for anyone who hasn't yet or didn't manage to watch IEM Sydney or hasn't played CS2 yet. Um, there's a cool clip that was doing the rounds on Reddit or whatever, which kind of sums it up perfectly where I think it's in a face it or something where Flusher uses an HE grenade, which just like for a half a second just completely wipes like a corridor in the smoke and then simple shoots through the smoke. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. Now HEs have like a whole different dynamic because obviously if you shoot through the smoke, like, unless the guy's literally there, you're not going to see them, right? Uh, but yeah, that is pretty cool. What about you, Yumi? Give me one positive and one negative. Yeah, my positive is one going to be that Complexity actually seemed to have made a good roster move with Elyse. Like, I, I thought this was going to be a slam dunk to bring him into the squad, but for to, to see how well he actually fits into the system and actually serves as a voice on this team was actually... It's just great to watch. Um, it's nice to have another relevant NACS team, even though there might be another one around the corner. Um, and they were someone that, like you said, were using the the new mechanics quite heavily. So I think complexity and that final in general for me were just solid. Like the most of the playoffs, honestly, the playoffs of Sydney were a little bit boring. 
to me. Like, very stompy, very one-sided two zeros yep. across the field, which was, you know, we had some stacked teams in that side of the, in, in the playoff bracket, but they just couldn't put up a good performance on, on the stage. Um, and which... then the final day, Big Hawker came in, played the show match, and saved the event. Is that what you're saying, Yumi? Yeah, I guess they couldn't do it without you. They couldn't do it without <laughs> you. Um, and that kind of leads me into my negative of that. I just don't think... As much as MR12 really delivered fine in the finals, when it is a 2-0, the games can just be so non-compelling. And mm. I, part of it is to do with that one dynamic style of play that you're kind of talking about, Hawker, where we just saw so many teams go for rushes. Um, for, for that to really permeate into the playoffs and people to still be ex exploiting, like, Pico's advantage and everything, the game is not ready. Like, I just simply think the playoffs highlighted how mu how far we still have to go for this game to be competitively ready before we can actually have a conversation about legitimacy of tournaments. Like, for me, FaZe win this tournament, cool. They're at the top of their game and they might be moving up the rankings slightly. But I don't see this tournament holding longevity when we're talking two, three years down the line in CS2. Oh, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. be thinking about FaZe winning the first CS2 tournament because this is, this is not what the game should be yet. But what we would have been talking about, which we're very lucky didn't happen, is that a North American team did not win the very first tournament because that would have been terrible. That would have been a horrible narrative to have to claw back over the, over the months. One thing I would mention, by the way, because obviously a lot of the talk was about you know, Elise and how well he performed. And obviously he's like one of, you know, NA's goats or whatever. I don't think enough's been said about Holzerk though. Like, especially in that final was like ridiculous, like absolutely popping off. And then, you know, after the game, it's but, just Elise, 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 Elise. But before that finals, well, yeah. there wasn't a lot to talk about for Holzerk. No. That's, I think that's the problem. Just... And, and I don't even, I don't even necessarily think it's his fault is I think, where like i have criticisms of it like i want him to be more active because when he first joined complexity it felt like he was like a leading voice on the team as the european import you know he has a lot more say on what's going on but since Elige has taken the reins and they're being way more active on the ct sides i feel like Hol holzerk is like doing nothing ever in those plays and that's where they're winning the rounds more frequently yeah. so i don't necessarily blame holzerk but he's just not integrated in the same way that everyone else is on those and like the new complexity hmm. Yeah, I don't really have like anything else positive to say because you guys took, you know, both my answers really. But I'll just say, I did when the first when the game like was first teased and then the the beat or whatever. Like, I thought this just looks exactly like CS:GO. Like in terms like aesthetically, there's barely any difference. This is CS:GO 1.2, not even like 1.5. But watching it on stream, like I do actually think the aesthetics of the game are much nicer to watch than CSGO, like noticeably so. Like they may only seem like small graphical increments, but I actually do think the aesthetic, everything from like the mollies to the smokes to just the guns and the coloring and the more less cluttered geometry, like everything I think just looks nicer on this game on stream from a viewer perspective. So that to me was like the biggest takeaway. It's like this was pleasing on the eye. I remember watching some games um, particularly on maps like Cobblestone, uh, where it's just ugly to look at, man. And like nasty and dark and the guns aren't like lit properly. And yeah, no, I, I don't know. I think it, I think the game looks uh, much nicer. So yeah. And we've said enough negative things about CS2 for now. So uh, yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave that one where it is. Uh, other big news that just dropped today, in fact, uh, which no one could have missed, which is obviously Simple has said that he's taking a break 
from Counter-Strike. Lots of random stuff that he sort of teased, I guess, or alluding to personal situations or whatever, which obviously we're not going to speculate about. Um, but he also said a couple of things that I thought were interesting, which I will just quote back to you guys very quickly, which he says he's thinking about switching to another org, possibly when he comes back. Um, and he also said that maybe it would be as a rifle because the AWP is a bit not impactful in new game, as he eloquently put. Uh, so let's start with that because I'm going to throw out some devil's advocate or advocacy logic for you guys first. And you tell me if this is right or wrong. To me, in theory, the AWP should be more powerful because the spray patterns on this game are so fucking weird and the hitboxes are really questionable. But the one area where it seems most of the time that you're not as affected, if you're going for like center mass, let's say, which is a pretty smart thing to do in CS. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would contend that maybe that's not really true at all. What say you, Hawker? Is the AWP underpowered in CSGO? CS2, sorry. Yeah, it definitely felt like it at Sydney. Um, the Orpers that were doing well were playing this crazy aggressive style. Like, Monacy did really well. And to be fair, if you want to go for Orpers that could actually do that, Simple's probably one of the few in the world that actually could. So I, I don't know why he couldn't at least try and play crazy aggressive and just constantly fighting. But I think it's uh, it's a few things. It's I mean, the economy is huge now. Mm. Like in MR12, yeah, you might actually only get the AWP out like, a couple of times. You might get to buy if it like that. twice. And, yeah. yeah, and then if you don't have impact in those rounds, it, it just, just feels real shit. So that's that's one reason. I think the other one is just the whole the, the peak is advantage stuff. Mm. It, it does seem to have a, a pretty decent impact on AWPers. Like it, it feels really hard to just, I don't know, just like get a shot off quickly enough and then fall back. Um, so I think AWPers that were playing that style seem to be struggling a bit. I do think if if Simple were to try and play that like crazy active style, I'm pretty sure Monacy ended as the highest rated player at Sydney. So it's it still seems doable. Like, I remember rounds where on Ancient, he would just run into Cave every round if he had the spawn and just take that fight and get the pick most of the time. So I don't think it's it's impossible. Um but I think for, especially for a lot of just the standard AWPers, I think those guys were struggling a bit. If you're just an AWPer who just like holds angles a lot, I think those those guys were having an impact hit on them for sure. Mm. I mean, you look at you look at Brokey in, in like that final as well. Brokey yeah, and Holzer yeah. actually both back and forth, like playing way more aggressively than they were throughout the rest of the tournament. And, you know, Brokey's never really been like a conventional AWPer. Maybe he'll hold like deep B apps on Mirage. But aside from that, you know, he's throwing himself into the chaos a lot. He still had a lot of impact in this event, albeit yeah. with less AWP kills than I think we're used to seeing him get. You know, I think he had more right or like maybe 20 less kills than uh, on a rifle, for example. So it's not like it's only the AWP, but I think it's just the mechanics have changed. Like the, the way that flicking interacts mm. in, in CS2 and Go is different. I think people have talked about like when you flick and Go, it will shoot at the end of your flick, basically. Yeah. Whereas in CS2, it'll just do somewhere in the middle. And that's, you know, that's technically more accurate, but also not what people are used to. So it might just be an adaption period type thing. But it doesn't help that we are on 64 tick. Like it, that, that probably also affects the way that the gun is going to feel and interact with the map because your counter strafe might not feel as crisp or your flick may not feel as, as on based on where the server is. So it's like on LAN, it shouldn't really matter, but... I still think that does affect players as well. 
So would you say the temporary fix is simply to lower the cost of the gun for now? Would that be a, a reasonable thing while we await to see... A one-shot kill weapon, lowering the cost of it. Like, 4750 has been the longest... It's been there for the longest time. I just... If you make it 4K, it's still... It's too cheap. Well, 4500? Yeah, yeah. Maybe? Who knows? Uh, anyway, I want to talk about the second part, or I guess chronologically, the first... Uh, part of that statement as well uh, and ask you guys if simple was to return as a rifler what team would you like to see him on hawker what is your dream scenario for rifler simple to return i also just start by saying i love that simple tweets this out and says yeah i'd be interested in offers from other orgs <laughs> and then he ends the tweet with hashtag navi nation <laughs> i'm like well I, I don't think the fans are gonna love you saying that but sure okay simple you do you um i mean i, I feel like so the the dream that everyone would have would be like let's get simple on falcons and let's just have you know nico and monacy and i've that team would, as much as it would be hilarious to watch, I would just love to see how quickly that team imploded. Because <laughs> that would be some wild shit. Um, outside of that, I actually, I, I don't actually know, because I'm trying to think how I think Simple would play as a rifler. Would he, would he be more passive or aggressive? Probably more aggressive, right? Um, I think he'd die a lot to begin with, and then yeah, he'd, yeah. Yeah. Actually... I don't know if Yumi has a good a good option here, but I can't I, think of a team where I'm like, oh, that would be a great fit. I mean, if I think if Navi knew this before Monacy got sold off, you know, they would have just brought Monacy into the main team at Navi <laughs> yeah, and dude. just gone, simple, you're rifling, congratulations. We we found the perfect fit. You know, this is the guy we wanted to replace you, and now we're having to sell him to a competitor. So maybe even, you know, G2, like if you really wanted to go that route, maybe you allow simple well it depends how attached nico is to his cousin which i suppose is pretty attached huh um, i don't know apparently but, he might want to just go fuck off to yeah Belgium, that could so, also yeah, happen as, as well yeah. if i happens, hate that all the rumors yeah. seem to circulate around falcons because everyone just knows they have a boatload of money you know that's it that's the only reason yeah. it's not like we we care about falcons the brand we just hey guys time. you should because you know what Esports winter isn't going anywhere. Like fucking, you know, that ice wall, those I don't know. I don't I can't even think of an extended analogy. But basically esports is fucked. And in my view, the Saudis are here to save us. So let's put all the controversial, you know, human rights stuff aside for a minute and talk about what's really important here, Yumi, which is go Falcons. I just don't I just don't care. Like I'll I'll be I don't care where your organization comes from, so long as you create a good culture with the organization. You know, like FaZe, technically, all they did was try and b build like a super team straight out the gate. Like they didn't really do anything for the culture or the buildup of Counter-Strike. Eventually they got there by winning. Sure, cool, good job. But we didn't see like a long rise like we did with Astralis. We didn't see, you know, uh, a, a nice underdog story with like Luminosity, for example, or SK. Okay, you know, I've got, that, I've that got to, to hit back here. proper culture. Because I thought you were going to say something completely different. I'm going to say, I don't care about that. I only care about like watching good teams play Counter-Strike. But then you talk about culture. I'm not sure that culture and Falcons can ever really be a thing you know like i saw the who That's... was it was this astralis in saudi arabia like on their camels in their uh their lovely saudi arabian garb i mean I, I i don't know what maybe we're sort of 
talking across lines here, but I don't feel like Falcon. I don't think we're ever going to look at Falcons and say, "Wow, man, those guys brought culture to esports." I think no, it's I, exactly, exactly winning. I just, I, yeah, I don't even think they'll do that. But like, Astra- and like, you talk about Astra- some... didn't, didn't Astralis have like a famously cancerous culture, but they just started winning? Is essentially what I would no, say. No, but they they happened. changed the way that Counter Strike is played. You know, I think that's that's to me is more important. Like. If I looked at the Luminosity era, they played a very specific type of counter, a brand of Counter Strike. Sure, yeah. You look at Furia, very much the same thing. If you think Astralis, the same thing. Big, even I think, have had a lot of cultural impact in that regard. I like that's to me is more important for for you as a brand than any just buying some bullshit super team. Like I just I could not care. I I I struggle to find an inch of my heart that cares about this Falcons organization aside from assembling. A, a money-driven roster. Hmm. No, I, mean, Listen, I, I think if they do assemble a super team, it will have impact one way or the other. Like, if it goes well, then people will look at that going forwards. And if it goes terribly, we can finally put it to bed and say, okay, you can't just, just so buy the best players man, in the world. It uh, grosses me out. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 get, I get you. If it, go, if it goes well, then the cultural impact will be their friends in Qatar and the other... It, Middle Eastern uh, nations will also get involved in other teams. That'll probably be the knock-on effect, I'd imagine. Uh, so yeah, anyway, moving on to some other lovely positive stuff. I want to know, guys, currently, what is your most hated gun in CS2? And when I say that, it could just be a gun that you just despise, like how the new shotgun's about, whatever. Or maybe the gun that you feel that Valve has like most betrayed you with, like your golden oldie that now just doesn't it just it hits different but not in a good way hawker what what where has valve betrayed you the most do you think in how cs2 plays i don't know if i have any that i massively dislike i guess it, it kind of sucks i'm pretty sure that a4 is just like not getting yes. any play at all <laughs> pretty much like the org is getting more play than the a4 so that kind of sucks because I always really loved seeing those extended sprays. I thought that was, it's really fun when you have players who can burst aim and players who've got these crazy good sprays. And you kind of get that with the org a little bit. Some some players are, are spraying with, but yeah, probably that the A4 feels pretty damn weak. Outside of that, I don't know. I, I, I will say, I think it was Nathany. We were asking people like what guns they'd want or what change they'd do for CS2. So out of all the changes possible, he got asked, what would he change? And he said, buff the auto sniper was the one change he would like to make. And that is how we will remember Hawker. Hashtag <laughs> buff the auto sniper. And yeah, Nafany, Nafany was right in many ventures, in fact, but Hawker will never get his full thought out. To be fair, it was going a bit too well. Guy is in a hostel uh, in, in Oceania. In New Zealand. Is and, New Zealand. I mean, this was. We can only be thankful for the time we got. He will be missed. R.I.P. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll go to you, Hawker, while he is uh, frozen on our while screens. While Hawker's dead, yeah. Go for it. I mean, if if we're what 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 the the fact that like one weapon I don't like is probably pistols at the moment. If I'm going to be honest. And that's more to do with the way that the game is designed and less to do with the actual pistols themselves. Because I feel like we just got so... Like, I don't know if this is just personal experience that I've had that really annoys me. But when I get hit by a deagle, I feel like he's on my screen for half a second. Welcome back, Hawker. 
Um, we, we heard as far as Naf and the auto sniper, and I'm saying that pistols instead are what I, I dislike okay. the most at the moment. So uh, I'll yeah, let you well, well, I, I, was... I pretty much finished, so you can pick back up. Yeah, all I was saying is that Nafani is unhinged for saying the one thing he changed in CS2 is buff the auto sniper. That is actually, out of all the problems in the game, that's a that is, uh, yeah, that's, that's out there. Yeah, I'm going to say that the Silence M4, it just feels like... It's so obviously the biggest complaints when the game started, I feel, were probably for the AK, just because obviously it's got the classic, uh, you know, like T shaped recoil and it just didn't exist anymore, basically, at least not in the same sort of uh rendition. And that is like the bread and butter vanilla of like rifle play in the game. But for me, the Silence M4 is like feels so I don't, I can't even explain it. Like, if I'd never played CSGO, I think I would get along with the gun. But it's just enough different that it throws me off so much. And I think it's like not the first bullet accuracy. It's like the second, third, fourth bullet accuracy where I my mouse intuitively knows what to do with that. And now it has no idea where those bullets are going. Um, probably a skill issue. I'm not going to lie. It is probably a skill issue. But for me, I'm going to I'm going to have to go going to have to go with that one. Although I can't beat the auto sniper as a shout. That's just let's get it buffed. Yeah. The, Come on, Valve. Yeah. What, that's what CS Imagine needs. If, More yeah. auto sniper God. play. No this train, thing, no auto. This is the thing with simple not messaging back Valve when they messaged him being like, what would you fix in the game? What if they listen to fucking Nafany if he's the only pro that replies and they're like, all right, let's get our top scientists on buffing the auto sniper. I cannot wait to watch C2, CS2, Inferno, Banana when auto sniper gets buffed that's just gonna be such fun gameplay isn't it as those keys <laughs> come running around the corner uh right anyway moving on to what is a brand new segment i guess technically every segment's new at this point but what will be a recurring segment which is simply called hltv and how this segment works is basically yeah. i am going to read you both two threads from hltv and it's very simple you just have to tell me what your favorite is that's it. Okay. Just tell me what your favorite is. So this is. I the thought first... you were going to say that we all secretly wrote HLTV posts. <laughs> no, no. We had to, we had to guess. That's <laughs> way he had to have drugged much. me if I did that. As fun as that <laughs> sounds, that is way too much effort. Uh, so the first one is a thread called Americans Come, and it's written by a guy called Good Vibes Only, who has a Canadian flag. Now, this is actually a really fucking long post. So I'm only going to read the first paragraph and the last paragraph, but it goes as follows. So as I said, it's called Americans Come. And it says, we need to talk about something. The past few months, everywhere I go online, I see Americans fully convinced Canada is some dystopian authoritarian state where Trudeau executes his oppositions like Putin and Canadians who back accounts are locked, can't do or say anything without visit from the police. Our people are more similar than our countries are to the point where we can barely spot each other in a crowd of our own. We must never forget that. That is thread number one. We will never forget. Uh, thread number two is by a guy donning a Brazilian flag called Z444. And it says, cringe orp abusers. And the thread goes as follows. Bwahaha, the AWP is 5% harder and I actually have to aim now, Bwahaha. I'll quit the game. Cowards, pussies, overrated bots carried by wheelchair weapon. Go hide in cave. 
and that is the thread. Wow. So, uh, Yumi, what which which one do you think it is? Thread American two, scum sure. or or cringe orp abusers? Cringe orp abusers takes it for me. What, what about you, Hawker? Realistically, Thread 2 should take it, but Thread 1 the felt like the ramblings of someone who could genuinely hurt me at some point. So I'm going to say Thread 1 just to get that guy on my side. See, see, the thing is, and I have the decided vote here, obviously, the thing is, Thread 1, you just think like it's just a, you know, a generic shit post. Aside from the fact that, one, it is unironically five paragraphs long. I only read you two of the paragraphs. And two, this guy legitimately has a Canadian flag and his name is Good Vibes Only, and he seems to be trying to make the peace between Canada and the United States. So I assume it's a legitimate post, which for me, I have to give that a, I think I have to give it to him. Like, I think, yeah. Just for the effort? Yeah, yeah. I think Zet's uh, Mr. Brazilian's cringe orp abusers is almost too on brand to just take it alone, you know, for HLTV. Sure. So yeah, congratulations. There was some good stuff in there though. No, I yeah, liked was... you saying, wah ha ha. That's how he's written it. Bwah, 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 ha. The orp is 5% harder. Yeah, nah, it's, uh... And then also the, the wheelchair comment was uh, quite left field. <laughs> I didn't mind that. Overrated bots carried by wheelchair weapon. Go hide in chaos. <laughs> I don't, don't know what that means. I guess it means you can't move much with it. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. know. All just a reference to Counter-Strike for Kids. Pick up a wheel gun. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure he's thought about it that, that hard. No, I know, I know. It's, yeah, <laughs> um, that's just a reference for the oldies. Right. Uh, now, this is what I want to call sort of a, a time capsule question almost, because what I want you guys to do is to predict who is going to be the GOAT of the CS2 era. Now, obviously, we can't possibly know based on gameplay at this point, which is, of course, what makes it fun. I would also say that it's very likely that the guy who will take that mantle doesn't even play the game yet. I mean, Simple wasn't on a tier one team in 2012 or whatever, right? So could be that we're all just going to say random names and they're all going to retire in two years. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm going to say Munasi. What a great Aww. original prediction by your boy. Uh, Yumi, what do you think? Who is going to be the GOAT of the CS2 era? Simple seems to have already ruled himself out for, a, for all I can see. The guy's basically given up on the game, so I guess he's out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll I'll go with another hype name, uh, Donk. I'll go with Donk. Um, I feel Donk. like he's he's too new to Counter Strike to really even be talked about this year. But I think like six months down the line, that's all we'll be talking about basically. Uh, if, the first if, time, if Spirit do well, the first time I ever saw this guy play was a YouTube video that I actually think has now been removed because it had like some racist uh, subtitles or something in it, and it was called "Put a Donk on It." And it was nice. Donk uh, to that classic British track. Put a Donk so, on it. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, shooting heads. So I appreciated that. I appreciate that. That alone should put him in the conversation. Uh, what say you, Hawker? Um, I feel like I shouldn't just pick one of the players you've gone with, even though they're probably two of the better shouts. Um, why not? Why not just go with someone like... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I'm struggling to think of anyone else. Why not just, just Spinks, man? Sphinx is sick. I think Sphinx is really good. He's the very good rifler on T side. Very aggressive. I think he's gonna he's gonna carry vitality from now on. Zaiwu is uh Washed. somehow gonna be worse than him. I'm not sure I even believe that, but uh <laughs> I don't know. I just I just kind of picked her name at random. And when this comes true, that's when you will see that I'm just I can't communicate why I'm right, but I will be right. 
you've peered into the multiple dimensions, and that's the name that just came the to you. The thing is, if I tried to explain it to you, like it, it would be too many mm. you know, paradigms above your uh, cu current understanding, so... Mm. Yeah, sorry. No, good point. To be fair, I thought I'd secured <laughs> secured victory by going first, but actually I can't really win because if it is Munasi, then wow, good one, Nostradamus. You picked like the super young guy who's already really, really good. Uh, and if he doesn't win, then well, yeah, or if he isn't, then well, yeah, I'm just I just suck, don't I? So actually, yeah, I guess both of your picks are probably unironically better, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, guys, we're going to move on to now what is the most important section and this is where we're going to spend i think most of our time because this is a topic which very much will divide opinion i have no doubt um it is another another new segment which isn't actually new but it's just debuting with everything else uh which is user questions um well what will now be known as the ashley kang segment if you know you know uh for those who don't, basically legal agents journalist who doesn't do any real journalism, she just asks Twitter for questions and then asks them to pro players. Uh, imagine you've got, I don't know, Faker sat in front of you and you ask him what anime he likes because user five, in fact, Zet444 from HLTV told you to ask him. So yeah, that's what esports journalism in 2023 looks like at the moment. Anyway, so because this is the first segment, plot twist, there aren't any user questions because I haven't asked for any, have I? So I'm going to give you the first user question, which will stand as the example by which all other ones shall be judged. And it goes as follows. I want you, Yumi, to rank these in order three to one. Okay. KFC, Burger King and McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's, KFC, Burger King. That was from one to from one fast. to three. McDonald's, KFC, Burger wow. King. Wow, that is very controversial. I'll say that straight away. Very quickly, Yumi, rank the chips in order. Um, McDonald's, Burger King, KFC. Wow, wow. wow. Listen, these are some banana bread takes out here. Fuck yeah. No. <laughs> Hawker, what, what are you saying? I, I was convinced when you were uh, introing this segment, when you brought up the anime question, I thought you were going to ask us what our favorite anime was. I really thought you were going to do it. And I was like, fair play on the setup. Not um, on my watch. <laughs> Not on my I would have watch. to say, KFC is number one. Easily for me. Easily. And then it's, it is probably McDonald's number two. I don't love McDonald's though. Burger King number three. Wow. Two Burger King number threes. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We've got a Burger King wow. show with us or something. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't flinch when Yumi said donk for goat of CS2, but Burger King number three, you tip. My goodness. Don't, what, do you have it at number one? Yeah, number one, baby. Number what are you one. Yeah, about? Easy number one. Okay, hear me out. First of all, the chip thing. Let's just get that out of the way. Burger King chips, no matter which way you swing with KFC, McDonald's, whatever. It's got to be the Burger King chips, man. And that what? is no, they're the worst. They're Wait, the worst. What's, 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 your, what's your chip order? McDonald's, KFC, Burger King. You've got them and last. KFC chips. Oh my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for what it's worth. Genuinely, because I lived. Okay, I am slightly biased because I live like a two-minute walk from a KFC, so I've done my research very well. Mm. And they changed the KFC chips recently, That's and they're true. better now. They that actually season them now. Mm. Yeah, before they would just not season them. That's so, that's the the bar in the UK is that they, they did this whole marketing campaign saying 
oh, we changed our chips and all they did was add some seasoning. <laughs> That's all you need to do. Yeah, like just as with any, you know, who is the best player in the world debate, I have to sprinkle in some historical precedents and not just solely rely on really recent form because, you know, that could go anywhere, couldn't it? So Burger King chips for me, even though KFC chips have improved, they've always been great Burger King chips and they deserve credit for that. These Johnny-come-latelys at KFC who just discovered what salt is, like, brilliant. That doesn't put them into first place. That's outrageous. Secondly, Burger King, I should fucking hope so, but they do have the best burgers. And if you're going somewhere like McDonald's or KFC or whatever, aren't you really looking for a burger? I guess KFC maybe you're looking for a chicken. In fact, what is your KFC order, Yumi? Why is... Was, did you have KFC number one? No, I don't know. Yeah, I have KFC number two. What, what is your KFC order if you did go to KFC? Is it a bucket of chicken? Uh, I normally. Boneless banquet, I'd probably go with, I think. Okay, yeah. <sighs> See, okay. It's about as much as I know, really. This is enough. Any, any Germans watching will know. And again, if you know, you know. But there is a chain in Germany called Risa Chicken. R I S A. If you're ever in Germany, either of you, go to Risa Chicken. Their chicken is just KFC chicken. You know how usually you get like go to a fried chicken place and it's like rip off KFC chicken. And it's just like not quite as good. This is KFC chicken, but way better. So I think that's like already put it down for me because there's someone else that has a chain that just does it better. Unfortunately, it's a German chain, but what can you do? They have to get some kind of food, right? Didn't they? But I think just, you know, more holistically as well, Burger King have always done things like, for example, the Hall of Fame worthy Oreo milkshake. That was an absolute banger. And then what does fucking, you know, if I, if I go to KFC, what am I going to get from KFC? If I'm feeling, you know, I want something a little bit sweet. What do I get? What do they have? Lollipops? I don't even remember. No one ever gets anything from KFC, do they? It's just, oh, boneless chicken. That's it. And your newly seasoned chips. whoop de fucking do Welcome to 2023. <laughs> Brilliant. KFC is dead last. McDonald's takes second because it's got a lot of variety. And also McDonald's will, like, once a year or whatever it is, bring out that, like, big tasty thing or whatever it is. That's pretty good. That is, that is up there. Can I clarify my point of view here for McDonald's? Is that they are the most... Like, if I go to a back alley McDonald's and a, like, a, a new one inside of London, it will be consistent. Like McDonald's consistency is the, is the big thing that sells it for me. Like I've been to some good KFCs. I've been to some good Burger Kings. But they, I've also been to some really shit ones that just tank the rating for me entirely because the bad experiences outweigh the good is this all so, in the same country or is this like when you're abroad or something no just like in general when i go hmm. if i'm abroad whether i'm in my own country i think the experience has been like it just depends on which ones you go to because some of them are just not ran properly i think well it's like the uh the the classic ones the fanta isn't it if you go to africa and get fanta it's literally jet orange and when you pour it into a cup the syrup like melts the plastic and then obviously the Western one is like bright yellow and a bit fruity and probably presumably mm. actually may have, I don't know, a real orange in it. I don't know. Probably not actually. But uh, yeah, no points taken. You're both wrong. Obviously it is Burger King. Then it is K uh, McDonald's. Then way, way, way down here in the dirt is KFC. What? Yeah. KFC is terrible. Go to Germany, Hawker, when you do an event and get some Risa chicken and you will redo your list as you bite down into that. Uh, what is even the expression? Was it chucking liquid? What is, what is the KFC expression? Finger licking good. That's finger licking good. Finger licking yeah. good. Yeah, you'll be reassessing that. Um, but anyway, yeah, guys, do uh, obviously you can do it on the Discord as well. Chuck us a user question. It can be esports related, or as I have just demonstrated, it cannot be. 
Um, I will obviously, well, this one's not really a contest, but we will see who has the quote-unquote most terrorist take each time. And there will be a small embedded forfeit attached. Like, nothing major, nothing stupid. But, you know, for example, I don't know, I guess they're both tied for worst take on this one. So, uh, well, not officially, but I'm sure you guys will vote correctly. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Uh, and yeah, get your questions in and we will do them at the end of every show. But uh, thank you guys for watching and we will see you next time, which will probably be previewing Blast Fall because that's like the next like real tournament, I think, on the calendar. Um, so we'll probably do a preview of that with our quickfire predictions and so on. Uh, but yeah, until next time, guys, thank you and goodbye.